and welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. You can find our weekly property show live every Sunday on propertymatterstv.co.uk or by searching Property Matters in either YouTube or Facebook. And whenever or wherever you're getting involved, please get involved in the comments down below as we love to hear your views on the conversations that we're having each week. And if you'd like to email us, it's hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. Property Matters is also available as a podcast from our website and also from wherever you download your podcasts from the eight major platforms that are available. So let's have a look at the news this week and welcome our property expert, Joe Joshi. Hi, Joe. Indeed, we've been looking, of course, at the Chancellor's uh, autumn statement, which, of course, was on Thursday. You could have failed to have missed it, really, with all the publicity for it. 17th of November, he announced tens of billions of tax rises and spending cuts. Key announcements were, with forecasts predicting the economy was going to shrink by 1.4% next year, the Chancellor acknowledged that we were in recession and things were going to get worse before they get better. And on stamp duty, he confirmed in a statement a few weeks ago that the stamp duty uh, uh, cut would continue continue and remain in place but now he has said of course it is due to end and that's going to be March the 31st 2025. He said that the OBR expected housing activity to slow over the next two years so the stamp duty cuts announced in the mini budget will remain in place but only until March 31st 2025. On capital gains tax, tens of thousands of people will pay capital gains tax for the first time after changes announced in the statement. He's halved the capital gains tax threshold, taking it from 12,300 to just 6,000, and then it will be cut again to 3,000 in April 2024. On inheritance tax, he confirmed that it will remain frozen though the triple lock on pensions is, is to remain in place. On council tax, he's given the power to councils to hike the rates by 5% annually. Uh, at present, they can only make a, an increase of 3%, including a 1% precept for the pay of social care without holding a local referendum. On the top rates of tax, that's gone um, from 150,000 before you start paying it to 125,140. So those, he said, earning 150,000 a year will pay just over 1,200 pounds a year more. The help for energy bills will be extended, but it will be less generous, which means households will see their bills rise again, essentially from 2,500 on average to 3,000 as the energy price guarantee rises, and the scheme will run for another 12 months from April. So the Northern Powerhouse and also HS2, all of that's going ahead. So if you live near that or you're buying a property, if you're thinking of investing in property around that, that's a, still a good, a good bet for you. And the OBR reaction said house prices are set to fall by 9% over the next two years. Um, they said it uh, projects that property prices will drop between quarter four 2022, so that's this coming this quarter now, and quarter three 2024, fueled by higher mortgage rates as well as the wider economic slump. And they said that the economy will grow by 4.2% uh, this year, but then it will shrink by 1.4% next year before rising by 1.3, 2.6 and 2.7 in the following three years. So that's a total of £55 billion worth of cuts and rises, Joe. 
So in real term, he's paved the way uh, of pain as UK householders' disposable incomes fall by 7.1% for the next two years, the lowest level since records began in 1956-7, taking incomes down to 2013 levels, according to the OBR. So that's a fairly... Um, well, somebody called it a big boys statement as opposed to the kids playing in the playground, which, of course, was the previous one. And, and industry action is definitely saying, well, it's good to see that at least somebody's acknowledged the situation we're in. And, you know, what it's about is, is now delivering instead of all the hot air. Quite a lot there to uh, um, go through in, in many ways. And, of course, uh, in my view, it's all going to reflect back that sort of funnel uh, scenario goes back to the homeowner to a large extent um, in every possible way, really. Um, and that's that's where their whole income comes from, because obviously those people are working, they're working to uh, continue their own basic lives, uh, paying bills, you know, feeding children and, and so forth and putting petrol in their cars, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole scenario is actually funneled because there's nowhere else that they've actually pinpointed that some of this money can come from. Obviously, there is some uh, um, companies that may have to pay some money, but overall, the pain, the everyday pain comes back to the homeowner. Um, and, um, and we've had, <clears throat> since um, the previous government, um, a tsunami of um, costs added now for our monthly uh, bills. The property market, <clears throat> to a large extent, was always reliant, I suppose, for the government with either stamp duty or for the Bank of England through uh, interest rate rises. Those were the two um, sticks that they used to beat us up with um, and say, well, look, you know, if this doesn't happen, we're going to increase the stamp duty. <coughs> or oh, we're going to, um, well, the Bank of England is going to increase its mortgage rate. Now, in all honesty, uh, the Bank of England's uh, mortgage rate was probably something that we all knew that will actually happen one day because it was amazingly low ever since 2007, uh, 2008 financial crash. Um, it would, you know, it was ridiculously low. It wasn't good for um, the savers. It was much better for the borrowers. And subsequently, uh, at some stage, it was going to um, go up. Um, so we kind of probably were planned for that um, in, in our own minds. Or, or a lot of people that I've spoken to were always, you know, just wondering when rather than um, why, because the why was it was cheap and the when was, you know, when when will it hit? But we didn't expect that to come, you know, as a whole lot in, in a short space of time from a quarter percent to three percent in a very, very short space of time. Um, that was that was a huge shock to the system is is a huge shock to the system that then was followed by of course um the benefit of maybe a stamp duty some sort of a contra deal to know that the buyers could buy but as you rightly say that that now has though it's still there it's kind of you know been removed until 2025 between and when it actually gets readjusted maybe either it will continue or it will um, be completely dropped and a new system will be put in um, but what has happened, obviously, are, are the unknowns. And the unknowns were, um, and, and they blame, obviously, quite a lot of it on the Putin's war, the energy and so forth. And I suppose my view on that really is, and I'm not sure how our viewers and listeners would feel on it, but, you know, the reality is that um, we were not prepared. Um, as a country that is in the 
top 10, certainly in the top five or six, you know, um, uh, richest um, uh, countries in the world, we were not, and neither were the others, so much prepared to know that actually Putin um, was holding all the ace cards. Um, uh, and, and, and here we are now sort of clambering at the walls, trying to think how we're going to get away from him, when really a preparation should have been done for that years and years and years ago, knowing that one day somebody could actually hold a gun to your head and say, well, if you don't do this, we'll turn the, the gas pipe off or we'll turn, turn you know, we're going to stop sending, having oil prices and all sorts of other things that have actually now happened. And subsequently, we're paying for that fault. And that's not just one government, that's successive governments. I and mean, as long as, you know, I've, I've been around, and I'm sure you have, we've never had anybody that's actually come up and said, we now really need to do something else to protect ourselves. We've recently put in a hell of a lot of uh, uh, effort onto electric, for example, electric cars, electric this, electric that, and so forth, um, and thinking that we're going to be able to switch the whole world to electric. But when, if and when electric isn't available, then we've got to go into, uh, into darkness because we've got no protection. So I blame quite a lot of it on, you know, all the powers that have been through and through the system that they've never prepared themselves. But... Putin has obviously, through Ukraine, managed to put um, a block on that, and that subsequently has ended up at our uh, our uh, doors. Um, and gas prices have gone up, electric has gone up, um, and now, of course, he just unleashed the rates um, situation. So that will be another thing that will go up, um, which will mean that you know. And I've worked it out that on on average, each household is probably now looking at anything between 800 to 1,000 pounds a month more commitment spread out over all of those scenarios, which is a lot. That's, you know, 1,000 pounds a month is a lot of money. 250 pounds a week, give or take, uh, is a lot of money all of a sudden to call on when you've got all sorts of other um, exes that are going out. So, you know, it's, it's going to happen. But obviously on a positive note, um, the, the good thing is that we have, we have the system that allows us to buy our own home um, and we have our own home and there are uh, maybe not so much increases in prices immediately, but long term, it'll contra the value and the capital gain when prices start to shift in the right direction again. So let's unpack some of these uh, uh, announcements, Joe. So we now effectively have a stamp duty holiday, albeit quite a long one, till March 2025. Um, now, if you look at that now, uh, I mean, a lot of people are saying that actually there should be a complete reform of the stamp duty situation anyway, because the tax is now starting to resemble income tax, where it's the top tax bands that generate the greatest receipts. Uh, the reversal would make it uh, increasingly difficult for prospective first-time buyers to get on the housing ladder in the coming years, particularly in London and the South East, which, of course, accounts for the majority of where the stamp duty money comes from. But effectively, we've now got this holiday. So if you think about it, it's taking about six months to move. So we're not going to see much of a rush, obviously, to get things done now. But probably by the middle of next year, 2023, into 24, people will start thinking, well, better start putting my house on the market because it might be on the market a little while. If it's a if it's a buyer's market, it's not going to necessarily sell that quickly because a lot of people can't afford the payments at the moment. So 
maybe middler 23 get my uh, property on the on the uh, on on the on the market uh, and there, there won't be anything like the panic buying we saw with the last stamp duty holiday but effectively he has created another hard stop in march 2025 which potentially could cause obviously a bit of uplift and a little bit of panic buying and panic selling these things are timely first of all we are where we are i mean to as i said earlier uh, <clears throat> prior to coming on air that fundamentally if you look at the week countdowns to the end of the year um you know it's timely in the sense that um whatever has happened is kind of happened um and the focus will become on the festivities and the festive season and whatever family gatherings people can do over the next um next month or so um that then means that and and jeremy hunt also used we're a resilient nation we do you know we we come back and so forth we we do and and the reason why we do that is because you know we have to sort of get up dust ourselves down and start all over again um each time because there are things that just do matter to us and there are things that we just have to take um as it comes now it doesn't matter whether you're red or blue the reality is that we are where we are in terms of um the economy of the country and we've been put into that position so either we can moan about it or we can start to say well we now know what it is that we have to deal with and plan and progress and i i think you're absolutely right somebody was asking me only the other day and said when do you think that we you know how long this will be and i said i said six months they said well why why do you say six months it could be two years i said because in six months time you know, six months is a long time um, and people will start to think, well, you know, there are things that we want to do. There are things that we have to do. There are things that circumstances says that you must do given in that time. Um, and, and they will have to continue to motivate and move going forward. It's probably not as drastic as we've had before when we've had to sort of literally from 2007, 2008 to 2014 for seven years, there wasn't any movement at all. Um, it, you know, where, where we are is that there will be some movement. And yes, you're right in saying that maybe that extra year of target, sort of 23 to 25 um, or half of 23, so, you know, 18 months of potential um, stamp duty gain may kickstart some of the market and say, well, you know, we, we're going to buy and there is a potential saving. Um, but I think there's there's quite a lot of other areas that, that need to be considered, and that is, of course, the the money that they have continued to put into the infrastructure. And you're absolutely right in saying that, you know, focus will go onto the areas of growth. Um, and if the levelling up is definitely going to continue um, at this moment in time, then there are areas, other areas, that there will be potential growth. Maybe they, were the, they will be the areas that will kickstart um, and then roll on down to other areas or roll on out to other areas because people will say, okay, well, I, you know, I definitely want to invest. I definitely want to buy maybe a rental property or, or just want to move out, uh, downsize. I'll move to an area where in X, Y, Z years, it's likely to, to go up or it will become more popular for renting because of the communication, the transport links and so forth. So there's going to be a huge mix of, of reasons why it will uh, come back. And of course, the other is that we're a nation of passion property owners. We we just can't get enough of it. Um, and irrespective of what's happened in, in all the time that I've been in, in, in the business, 
you know, we have come back um, and we come back um, in the in the problem because it's the only thing that will continue to make people feel comfortable because they can touch. I mean, imagine this situation in, in other areas, uh, things that you don't understand, the guilt, for example, and the stock and all the other bits and pieces that people talk about. You know, you would you would have just lost all your shirt, but at least you've still got a roof over your head, I suppose, is probably the, the downsides or the minus that you've got to look at it. And then you can build on that foundation again. Certainly looking at the industry reaction to the statement, a lot of people thinking, let's hope that Rishi and Jeremy Hunt both realise that a housing market in crisis is detrimental to the economy and runaway inflation. I mean, the big danger is that the economy free falls into recession. Um, and then you get a, an expected drop of transactional volume. And if there's, quite simply, if there's too few homes being sold, we can see the prices tumble and fewer homes on the market. And ultimately, of course, a real risk of an entire generation of homeowners in negative equity. The gap is too wide for the negative equity, but if it goes on for longer than one anticipates, yes, naturally, if a house or a home is not worth what it was and it's reduced by, you know, quite a lot, for example, 30, 40%, then you are beginning to start thinking about negative equity. Um, if you're looking about um, a correction, um, perhaps like, um, you know, uh, anything between five and 10%, uh, depending on where it is. Um, and those corrections matter a lot, depending where it is. I mean, if a correction of 10% happened in London, that would be a huge uh, amount. And if a 10% hap happened in um, Manchester or, or Durham or somewhere else, where the values of the homes are not as high as they are, that 10%. So what I'm saying is if it's a £100,000 home and 10% of that is going to be a difference, then actually the hurt is not as much as if it was a million pound and a 10%. Um, so, you know, that, that those are the, the, the comparisons that you've got to then look at. But of course, if you are then looking at a much, much bigger amount and, and said it's 20 or 25 or 30%, then yes, in, in London, a 30% downturn for argument's sake would be, uh, you know, absolutely a car crash because that will mean that things will be in negative equity and so forth. But I think we're far away from thinking about negative equity at the moment. It's just that, you know, the media likes to sort of maximise and make it as gloomier as they possibly can because, you know, bad news sells better than good news. Um, and um, so as far as I'm concerned, I think we're a long way from negative, negative equity. Reversing the stamp duty cut in 2025 is going to be bad time, bad news for first-time buyers, obviously, because you know the duty on properties under 250,000 and 425 for first-time buyers, um, they're not going to have that from March 2025. So the future looks fairly bleak for for people looking to get on the ladder for the first time. And therefore, there will be a certain amount of rush, but nothing like we saw in the pandemic. And it, but it does seem that the the Boris government decided in the pandemic that getting the property market mobile was a key to starting success again or, or to better times. But it doesn't seem to be the view of Rishi and, and Jeremy. They haven't done anything of a similar nature other than just put an end on the stamp duty holiday, which seems to be um, rather uh, counterproductive. There's definitely a feeling and a call for some kind of review of stamp duty as a tax because it looks like just a, um, a, a raid on people's um, ambition to become secure. Look, if you sort of wound, wound that back and said, 
Rishi was part of the Johnson um, government as well. And, you know, as a chancellor, they made it amazingly possible for the housing market through the pandemic um, and use that as a tool to continue the hunger and, and the want and the wish for homeownership. And it's through that, that to a large extent, every other industry that was related to home ownership actually, um, you know, prospered. And you have to also think about building our way through um, the, the pandemic was probably the right, the right thing. What we've got here is, in my opinion, that, you know, there was a mess created in between, which now needed to be tidied up. So I, I, I anticipate that um, sometime next year, there will be things rolled out once once this current list of uh, um, the autumn statement starts to take shape um, and people get a little bit more settled and comfortable and say, okay, it is what it is, we've got to get on with it. I think that the motivation for property will come back in perhaps other forms. And I see that potentially in interest rates and and the type of mortgage lending that will come available. It'll be a different cycle, in my opinion. It may not be a stamp duty driven, but certainly lenders will start to consider higher percentage lending, uh, better multiples um, and so forth. I'm sure, you know, if we had Bob Singh here, he may or may not, um, you know, agree with that. But I, I think they will use another tool to start the housing market going forward. Because you're absolutely right, they used it through pandemic as a, as a building block. And I think the settling six months that is required for the entire change, uh, two changes and the number of changes in, in you know cabinet roles and so forth, needs this next five to six months of settling down before they can actually probably get brave again and say, right, you know, let's do this. And the Bank of England have um, already indicated to some extent and slow down to, to, to the pace that they were. Now, obviously, they want to bring the inflation down. But if that can come down into single digits, um, you know, before long, I think that you will find that um, we will be discussing potential packages for first time buyers, uh, investors and so forth that will bring them back into the fold of, of uh, the housing market. Um, wherever it might be, I mean, at least that that's, that's, may sound optimistic from my part, but they will they will have to do something because they cannot afford for it to just sit on it, sit on their hands, and it not do anything. Um, especially when you look at other industries that are actually suffering quite a lot. Um, um, you know, the motor industry. I mean, they they suffer with not getting parts for argument's sake. So there's a huge backlog of cars that can't be built and so forth. So there's there are many other issues and obviously the quicker things like Ukraine can get settled, um, the quicker we will get back on, on, on track. Let's look at the capital gains situation. Uh, again, an interesting decision and probably reflective of just how desperate things are. Because um, I mean, you know, the Tory party has always been seen and, and we try not to be political on, on property matters because this is about property but traditionally you know those who are encouraged Tory parties always encourage people to own their own property to to make their own wealth so to then tax landlords 
out of existence almost seems to be rather counterproductive or counterintuitive to what they what they're trying to achieve uh, as we've said on this program many times landlords have been taxed from every which way but loose over the last few years um, and you have to remember that the private rented stock is about one in five of the english households so to take a, a measure like that where they're going to cut the cgt from twelve thousand three hundred to six thousand and ultimately to three thousand firstly that's going to disproportionately affect landlords of lower value properties um, because obviously, you know, that that figure of 12,300, you're going to pass that fairly easily. So you're going to get a disproportionate effect on lower value properties. Um, and just when the government hasn't got its act together in terms of building new housing, it's relying on the private enterprises landlords to, to help keep people housed. And yet they still want to go and raid their pocket and disincentivize them to carry on helping out the government with housing. It just seems desperate. And there has been, I noticed in the press yesterday, a question about, in fact, the statement was, the Tory party is no longer um, the party of the homeowner in the UK, and they're going to get themselves whacked very soon.
The markets seem to have reacted well to the statement that rates are continuing to drop very gently, which is good news, I suppose, for anyone who's thinking of buying or remortgaging. Um, and certainly we have got used to, um, you know, 13 years is a long time for low rates. And people coming into the market, first time buyers could be forgiven for thinking that's the norm. But of course, if you look back over time, that hasn't been the norm. 13 years has been extreme at the very bottom of, 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 of rates. And um, we're getting back to more like what rates would have been prior to the period of low rates, which started, of course, with the um, with, with the crash. And I suppose the situation is that, you know, we're going to have to get used to those being the costs of home ownership. Um, and also the fact that not every year your property goes up by 10% in value, you know, the dips and troughs. The low rate situation was an extreme, we know that. Um, um, and I think we could have lived with this, the low rate, that, that part of it, I think in, in everyone's mindset that they knew at some stage, almost like prepared for it, but what they were not prepared for, and I'm hearing it day in, day out, time in, time out, is all the other add-ons that has just come on. Now, you know, when I listen to some of the arguments um, myself uh, on some of the programs and people say it's down to um, Ukraine, it's down to the pandemic, it's down. Yes, there are. Some of those things are down to those things, but the the fact that there was no preparation for those things is the bit that i'm probably more beefed about rather than not because you know government successive governments have been in there we've known that one day somebody could hold a gun to our head and we didn't do anything about having nuclear energy or 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 other ways of uh, increasing our our own um, security our own independence of having some sort of source like electric, perhaps oil, perhaps wind farms, etc., which now all of a sudden are, are being talked about fast tracking and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to throw money at this. And, and even some of those programs probably won't come to life within my lifetime, let alone, you know, some of the, but it's almost like, you know, had they had done that, you know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe we would not have had that gun held to our head right now and said, oh, but actually, I'm going to turn off the gas. And because Ukraine's in war, we've got an issue with Russia. Why, why were we put in that position? Why did that happen? How did that happen? That's the bit that probably really um, gets my goat. I can work with what we've always had. We've known our, ourselves in the country, the UK. We've known that we have used, the, the governments have used a yardstick, either stamp duty or the Bank of England interest rate or the government interest rate before it made the Bank of England independent. The fact is that the other bits that we are not in control of, someone else is holding us to ransom on. And that I think is, is poor on anyone that's been in government. I'm not saying whether it's pink, purple or yellow, is any one of those could have actually said, you know what, we're going to one day be in big trouble. And here we are. And, and of course, well, that's what we're paying for. Those are the painful ones. You imagine you're gas and electric. I mean, when was the last time that you know yourself, Paul, your gas and electric were actually a, a thorn in your side? You've never really thought about it. You know, I certainly hadn't really thought about it. You get used to a certain amount going out month in, month out, and it was okay. Bam, all of a sudden, you've got 100, 150 pounds a month added on top of that. Now, that we weren't prepared for. Mm. Interest rates, 
Yes, we're always prepared for that. We know they're going to go up and down. Stamp duty, we know the government plays around with that. Sometimes we have the, the chance, sometimes we don't. But did we know that we had all these utilities coming? And that's the bit that I think, you know, we weren't prepared for. I think uh, we've got um, Guy on the on, <laughs> on Facebook here. I agree, what Joe. Yeah. I think it's uh, people still like property. Yes, it's a tricky time, but there's uncertainty in all investments, which is a good point, actually, including even in, in an inflationary time, holding cash. I mean, this is the point. Where do you put your money? Because obviously now, you know, we're getting a slightly better rate on return for savings. But um, unless property returns in the next year fall below that, where do you put your money? That's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, and that's, and that's what I, I continue to say. At the end of the day, sooner or later, it will come to a point where, you know, yeah, it's great that you don't want to buy property and you want to sit back and wait, making making sure it falls down. But equally, you can miss the boat by doing that. You know, all of a sudden, by trying to be almost too safe, you can be over safe and, and end up not having anything to answer for. So I don't think it will be a long, long thing, but I think certainly... Like I said, um, my my personal view is that there was other things that we could have been prepared for, which we probably wouldn't be um, are, are answerable to today. It's a good point here. Short-term thinking of governments is always an issue. That's something I, I think I subscribe to as a thought. I mean, it worries me that politicians, uh, you know, have a five-year agenda because they want to get re-elected. And you know, they're there thinking, OK, what's going to get us re-elected rather than what do we actually need to get us out this mess long term? And I genuinely feel that people would actually really appreciate whatever colour party that actually took a long term view and said, right, we're going to fix this in the next 10 years. You're going to need to vote this in again. But we've got a plan. You know, we're going to reform stamp duty. We're not going to charge people an, in, a, a, an income tax as it's become. We're going to think big about these things and i think that really would resonate with with homeowners in particular what do you think well look if you, if you actually look at and i was i was taking this taking stock of what was said on on the 17th uh, by jeremy hunt um and if you really take stock this is a plan that is put together on the basis of saying that we've got two years left and in the next two years this is what we think and in all honesty, if we don't think we're going to pass the baton on, if we if we are not the the, the party in next year in, in the next two years, this is the problem that the next party is going to take. So, you know, and, and it's it's just a baton that's being passed on, and and the and the fall guy in this whole situation is the homeowner because we're the ones that are going to end up paying the price for it. And if the red are successful in, in in their bid for the offices in the next two years or, or or so they will come along and redo the whole rewrite the whole story and blame it on the blues and so we get um you know we're we're the football in this as, as homeowners as people of the, of the country that are being kicked around by people that are not thinking long term i absolutely agree with you that you know there should be Certain aspects of a gate of, of, of our, our well-being in a country have got to be things that are long term that they need to sort out. And I think that when you look at the utilities and, and the situation of being put into that corner um, should not have happened. It doesn't matter who you are. It shouldn't have happened. We should have had other sources. We should have had deals with other 
countries, other places, you know, invested other places. In fact, done some good out of that. If we'd actually t taken some money and invested into, you know, Africa, look at what China's been doing. China pretty much owns most of Africa because whilst everybody else has been sitting here twiddling their thumb, worrying about Europe and, 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 and the East, China has actually gone into places like Africa, built bridges, dams, electric stations, power things. And so they've turned around and utilized and because we've had our eye off the ball and they've looked at that and realized that we've had our eye off the ball and they're the people, they're the smart people that are now building and, and, and working with areas that are, are developing. We should have done that. A lot of people saying that there won't be a house price crash, but of course there is going to be a correction over the next 12 months, which is good news for those looking to get on the property ladder. But you have to feel for those first-time buyers, don't you? I mean, because it's never been worse for them. I really do feel for them because, you know, they've got so many external factors. They've got the interest rates now, and of course there's the whole cost of living, which we're all having to deal with. There's a lack of rental supply, which is making rents go up. Um, and it's harder, therefore, to save the deposit. Uh, um, and of course, and then when the stamp duty ends in 2025, if they've managed to get a, a deposit by then, the, the, the carrot's taken further away from their nose. I mean, it really is the most challenging time for them. And no surprise, therefore, that the bank of mum and dad is becoming Britain's biggest lender. I think that was, <laughs> that was always going to be the case. You know, it's surprising that we haven't actually floated bank of mum and dad. In fact, all parents should unite and create their own little bank called Bank of Mum and Dad. And, and, and maybe that will be the investment that you can actually put into there and you can all only lend money to your children or children of, of, of uh, yeah, and ultimately that's what it is because then somebody else wouldn't have the control. But the reality is Bank of Mum and Dad are gonna, and how did Bank of Mum and Dad happen, Paul? It happened because Mum and Dad bought their properties and those properties have gone up in value and there is equity in those so they can refinance them and give those to the parents. So it continues, the, the journey continues and tomorrow our children will do the same and they will do the same for their children. You know, property won't go away. It's not gonna go away uh, just like that. And no no government is actually gonna be able to, you know, kick it to touch. And if they did, I think there'll be a, a, an assassin, assassination attempt by the parents on whoever the person would be to actually bugger up the entire market if they ever manage to do that. But I, I, I think that, yes, I feel for all the first time buyers, look, you know, we've been through it. I, I, I mean, I've got my own children. I've got to think about those and, and you have, and every parent is sitting there thinking the same story. Sure. Well, what else do you do? Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, of course, that they stopped the help to buy scheme. That's extraordinary. I mean, you'd have thought that in some kind of positive note in, in the statement would have been that we're going to resurrect that scheme. But I guess there's a cost involved and there isn't the money to fund it. As I said, I think, you know, watch this space. <clears throat> I think we're looking at a six month settlement period here. Um, and, and then we will see in the new year um, other, um, you know, incentives, should we call it, that will start to regenerate the, the housing market. And some of them may be things like help to buy and the other things may be um, a higher percentage mortgages with better um, protection, etc., so that people can get on the housing market because it is the pivot um, of everything that happens um, around us. So I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't do that. 
In fact, it was Mark von Grunther, who's the director of Benham and Reeves estate agent, he said, Jeremy Hunt's raid on Middle England and landlords in particular by slashing the amount exempt in capital gains tax is likely to disconnect this government even further from their traditional electoral base. It's a risky strategy and one that confirms the Tories are no longer the party of the UK homeowner, which is sure to lose them votes further down the line. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we we will get lots of versions of that. I mean, when you think about even the last you know three four months of what's happened, these are all about views um, and, and changes. And change is a very important thing here. You have to understand that sometimes that we don't like the change, um, but change is what is actually evolved the United Kingdom. Um, they may not like people coming in, they may not like that, but you know, my, my parents came, we uh, we came, and it will be a continuation, and maybe not all the Indians are coming in, it might be the next, I don't know, the Albanians or something. But there's always going to be someone wanting to come in to make this happen, and change is, is the toughest part, but that's the, that is the thing of the United Kingdom, that's the attraction. Um, and I think that will happen as time goes on. Um, and, and in this situation, yes, today, the Blues may not be the party that is going to be the party of homeowners, but that could happen, that could change could happen as a snap of a finger. It's just a matter of time. Interesting point here. Demand for private rented housing obviously is massively outstripping supply. So surely a good thing for the government to have done would have been to end stamp duty levy on the purchase of new homes for rental. So in other words, if you go and buy a home, whether it's new or, or, or existing, whether you buy a new home with the express, express intent to rent it out, you don't pay a stamp duty levy. So that would help to redress the imbalance between the amount of demand and supply in the rental sector, surely. I agree. I think you and I can make a lot of good policies on this, uh, in, all, in all honesty. But the fact is that they've got this 55 million billion pound hole and something had to plug it. And so they weren't going to throw anything out immediately. And of course, you know, thank God for Liz Trust for 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 coming in and buggering it up, um, because that's what's given them the opportunity of saying, well, we need to do this, 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 um, and that may have made all the differences that that um, that we're now sitting with. But I I'm confident and comfortable in saying that it it's a short-term blip, which is not healthy, even if you're in a, in a business like mine, because things aren't going to shift as quickly as, as, as they are. But, you know, I've been there for many years and seen that happen and come through. And I still think that people, you won't take people away from wanting to buy their home. Um, and yes, they could offer all these schemes, but we know that they were never going to offer that because there's this black hole that had to be filled. And if they start filling some of that in the short space, they will start to look at it. And as I said, that doesn't matter whether you're blue or red. Both of them would have had to do the same thing. Well, time has beaten us, Joe. Hopefully we've not been too political for you and we've managed to keep it property focused. Um, that's basically the rundown and the property industry reaction to the Orton statement of last Thursday, 17th of November. Hope you found that interesting. Join us on the podcast if you want to listen on a podcast version available from 10 o'clock every Monday, of course. And if not, we'll see you next Sunday at 10am. Thank you.